attention, please. The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Louisville Price Stadium is second to nine. And the rain breaks down in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! You believe the Cops have won this game. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Davis, dude. Greetings and good morning and welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Signorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. And we are built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominiumco.com. As a matter of fact, I was on the phone with somebody yesterday who just built one in the middle of the country and he said it's the best decision he ever made in his life. It is unbelievably unique compared to what you see everywhere pretty much when it comes to building your dream home this truly is a dream as low as 160 dollars per square foot so if you live in the carolinas in georgia or in tennessee you might want to check out the barn dominium co if you have aspirations of building your dream home or maybe it's going to be an airbnb or whatever it is all shapes and sizes and something i promise you you've never seen before the barn dominium co.com you have seen us before because we're here Monday through Friday from 11 to 1. JC is back after a flat tire incident yesterday. We did speak on the phone, and I forgot totally to ask him about it. So looks like he got that fixed. Phil's always here, and of course I'm here as well. In between now and 1 o'clock, we'll be joined by Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up show a little bit later on in hour number one. And then leading off hour number two, it's our third of three straight Born to Crow series Carolina conversations. This one will be with former head men's soccer coach Mark Burson also being inducted into the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame coming up on Monday night. I would highly suggest, if you're watching or listening to our program today, if you have not seen or heard the previous two conversations with former wide receiver Robert Brooks, and as Phil and I got corrected yesterday on Olympian Don Ellerby. Uh, formerly at South Carolina, but she'll always be an Olympian from when she uh, represented Team USA in the 2000 Olympics. Might want to check those out. They were really, really good, and it had nothing to do with myself or Phil or JC. No offense to either one of you. Uh, they just have unbelievable stories, and uh, and you could see yesterday the excitement in Don Ellerby's voice as being recognized as one of the greatest uh, athletes ever to come from the Palmetto State. So might want to check those out. 
and then stick around for our conversation with Mark Burson, whose resume also stands on its own two feet. It's pretty phenomenal, as a matter of fact. South Carolina did pick up a commitment yesterday. It's a preferred walk-on. We'll let JC walk you through that here in just a moment, no pun intended. Uh, however, I would, uh, according to JC, not take this lightly as a preferred walk-on. It is an offensive lineman whom they apparently are pretty excited about. So we'll get into that and more on the recruiting front in just a little bit. New uh, projections for baseball are out. South Carolina slips, but of course they're still in there. I'll just go ahead and lead off with this. Uh, there there are major changes coming to the rotation this weekend. And um, it starts with Eli Jones tomorrow night, but I'll stop there simply because they have not announced it. And um, and we'll leave that up to Coach Kingston to get out a little bit later on today, if not tomorrow. I did learn a little nugget, guys. I uh, didn't know this. Uh, Arkansas generally, they might release one from time to time or two, but very rarely, if ever, does Arkansas ever release their weekend rotation. They don't announce their three starting pitchers. And apparently league coaches are aware of this, and so generally they try not to do the same. Uh, a little gamesmanship there. So, um, But uh, it certainly looks like uh, Eli Jones will get the ball tomorrow night and try to stop the bleeding for Gamecock baseball. With all of that said, JC and Phil, good morning. And by the way, hat tip to Gamecock softball. Big win over A&M yesterday. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Saw that. Uh, looks like that probably wrapped up a tournament trip for Beverly Smith and, and her group. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of amazing, like, uh, if you kind of track fan interest on the Internet through the years, um, sports like softball and golf and tennis and women's basketball, of course, uh, I don't know what it is. A lot more attention is paid to it now. Uh, if you kind of look at the views and, and the post on the message boards and who's tweeting about it and putting it out there. So always happy to give them uh, a lot of credit. And uh, uh, it's been kind of a rebound year for that program. And uh, so I think that's uh, it's good. South Carolina should be good at softball. It should be one of the better sports on campus. So uh, hats off to them for a big SEC tournament win last night. Phil, no flat tires. Everything's good. You uh, have dealt with the cell phone issue. We're moving on in life, right? Yeah, well, we're still, you know, the cell phone issue is an ongoing thing. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're, st- we're still dealing with the cell phone okay. issue. Uh, uh, she needs to be in jail, man. I mean, I mean how stupid. Yeah, what a stupid, is. stupid thing, criminal. I mean, yeah, we, we keep finding more out about this person and this is not the first time, second time, third, fourth or fifth time for her. And, uh, Oh, nobody, nobody previous to us has decided to do anything about it. So, uh, well, they crossed the the Mullinax family. Yeah, we're right. Yeah. You, you, you took the wrong phone. (laughs) Wait a second. You, You don't, you don't, you don't take a phone out of the pocket of classic Phil and his family. No way. Uh, no. For anybody that's wondering what's going on here, Phil's daughter's phone got stolen in school, and they're working through the process of of that. So, yeah, and then the person that stole it was taking selfies and, and posting. Yeah, they, what, what an idiot! Complete idiot. Yeah. Really easy. Yeah, to what a moron. Them. Yeah, I mean, I they, that, that, it was connected. It was connected to an iPad. So you're sitting at home yeah. watching this chick take selfies in real time. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, that, that that that. I mean, she at least needs to be expelled. Uh, 
You know, you, you just don't do that. So anyway, yeah, Gamecocks, people are talking about it in the Nana Sports chat box, did get a commitment, uh, as you mentioned, JB. Uh, you know, he committed yesterday. I figured it was a preferred walk-off because they just don't have a lot of spots. But here's a guy that started, what, 18 games at left tackle for Charlotte. Coming out of high school, he was projected as a defensive end from Northern Guilford in, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, so there's another uh, – I always talk about black holes in recruiting. There's another black hole that now has some light in it, the triad. that Carolina <laughs> has not fared well trying to get big-time guys from up there. But now you got this kid, uh, and then you got Jonathan Paylor, uh, the, the missile in the 2024 class uh, from Burlington Cummings right down the road. So, you know, it's encouraging from that standpoint. But also – are those connected? All right. No, they're not. They're not. Okay. It's a good Guilford is, is sort of over north toward Greensboro. The Burlington's like right between. No, I like mean where you're heading towards Chapel Hill and Durham. It's kind of between the two. Um, okay, so well, like the same area. Is, the recruit. No, it's not it's not. Connected. That's not connected. You okay. know, and okay. th- this is a guy that. I mean, you know, you can get a guy that started however many games at left tackle, no matter what <laughs> level they're at. Um, and Charlotte had a pretty good offense last year. Um, you know, uh, I think that's good for depth purposes. It's good. You know, it, it, I think I had a lot. I, I was in deep thought yesterday after the tire incident, and uh, I started thinking about, like, what, what am I concerned about? You know, and no, this is not Uh-oh. the annual special teams freak out. Uh, but, but I think, guys, if you, if you really, you know, because the running back situation is going to take care of itself. I think they're doing things to make edge better. Uh, and they'll be fine there, but that offensive line situation because you got to think about this, you know. So Jalen Nichols is out probably until like late in the season at best. Casey uh, Henry is a guy that everybody in the program loves, myself included. Uh, he's been struggling with some knee injury situations uh, and missed all of spring. Um, Sidney Fugar is a guy that may not quite be ready in year one. Uh, keep in mind he is a portal kid, but he has you know he's three years left. So he may be needing some development, you know, you, so you got Ja'Kai Moore, you got Tyshawn Wanamaker, you know, but then after that, it's, it's, it's freshman. I mean, Marquis Anderson's probably going to have to stay at tackle this year. So getting this guy in, uh, I think can be, you know, a positive, uh, a pot, make a positive impact and to do to convince him to be a preferred walk on. It's even better because when you, you know, you don't have the space, you just don't have the space. So, uh, I'm not saying he's the savior of the offensive line. Now, I want to clarify that. I don't even know really how good he is. Uh, but I just know that's another guy to sit in there that has experience playing tackle. He's a big-bodied kid. Uh, was athletic enough to be projected as a defensive end out of high school. Um, that's what you want, guys that can athletically play the D-line, play in the O-line. That's uh, that's tried and true. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But certainly – uh, that may be like the Nate Atkins commitment last year uh, that sort of flew under the radar and it ends up making a big impact. Maybe not, but, uh, you know, like I said, it's tough to get a left tackle out of the portal, period, uh, much less a guy that uh, is willing to come walk on. So hats off to the Gamecocks, Taylor Edwards, Lonnie Teasley, Shane Beamer, uh, for what could be a, a pretty under-the-radar pickup uh, here for the in this portal class, which is still ever-evolving. You know, we um... – yeah, go ahead, Phil. Well, I was going to say with that, JC, what's left scholarship-wise? I, I think it was three a couple of weeks ago, still open for this year. Um, and then is there a 
cutoff for guys from the portal entering into the program. Well, everything feels sort of on a schedule with with all these guys. And I know we got the one guy I haven't mentioned. (laughs) Right. right. Uh, And and that's because he's a graduate transfer. He's not even in the portal right now. Uh, So we'll see sort of what happens. You don't want to upset the apple cart with – uh, things like this. Like I said, th- this has probably been one of the more sensitive portal periods I can remember. Uh, and of course, there's only been what three, <laughs> but uh, this year particularly, they're they're trying to kind of thread the needle. Um, so you got the two ends, and then you got a running back, theoretically, um, maybe one more. So they got three right now. We know of, and there may be four now. Those of you that keep up with it on the spreadsheet. I know those numbers may not be specific. I don't keep up with it on a spreadsheet. I know Hale does. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of just going off the information I was told. Uh, I don't know if anybody else is leaving or what, but uh, the, the, as Tony Morrell, Tony Morrell has, uh, if there's two things he's fashioned and, 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 and all that through the years, number one, the numbers always work out. That's Tony's standard answer. And he's absolutely correct. And then number two, he named the, the pro, the eleven ten project that's where that's where it came from. Uh, people thought it was November tenth or some date. Uh, he was asked like what kind of impact it would make 10, one at one through ten, and he said eleven out of ten. Uh, so that's why everybody calls it the eleven ten project. <laughs> um, and so hats off to my partner there, Tony, for for that. But uh, yeah, the numbers always work out. But uh, it is it is a situation where they just can't go take a bunch of people like Colorado or whatever, you know. And okay. so uh, the the hope is. You know that, that that's how that it ends up one running back two ends, uh, and then maybe maybe a fourth who knows. But uh, I think that's uh, and I think that'll do them. Um, like I said, getting the offensive line depth is huge because it wasn't. You know, it, it, it's a situation where, like, as I continue to think about it, maybe I'm just overly concerned. You know, that's really what's going to be the key to this offense because if you if, as we've seen through the years, if you struggle up front, you can't protect, you can't get a run game going can't get a push, it, it makes life tre- life tremendously difficult given the teams that are on South Carolina's schedule on an annual basis. What about a couple of guys whose names we just haven't heard a lot of uh, recently? John Darius Morgan, Grayson Maines, uh, Ryan Brubaker, for instance. Um, those are three names that are I know we, I know they're they're all young JC but it just seems like we kind of flew through the spring and we've gotten into the summer and. Um, there just hasn't been as much attention on yeah. them. Anything? Bru- Brubaker and Maines played a lot in the spring game. They were kind of mixed and matched. Um, I think they're, I would call those guys on schedule. Um, I think they're probably going to be second on, on the depth chart right now. And I, and I think probably the reason we don't hear about it, John Darius came in with the 2021 class, which was during COVID and the coaching transition and everything else. He was always going to be a guy that was probably going to be, you know, a year two or three, four guy. Um, so he's progressing right along. Um, and then Grayson and Case and Henry and uh, Brubaker were part of that three-man class uh, 2022. Uh, I, I call it sort of the Pete Limbo uh, tri- trifecta there because um, he – uh, he got Brubaker in, and then Atkins went to Atlanta and got the other two. Uh, so maybe it's like the Pete Limbo one third. <laughs> uh, but it, 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 you know, people forget about that group because the next class, 2023, the one incoming now, of course, you got Marky Anderson, Trovon Ball. Uh, you've got uh, Big Tree Babalade, who was a big time recruit. 
Uh, you got Jatavia Shivers, who's going to be, you know, a, a pretty good player in time, kind of like Morgan. Um, and so you got a lot of highly ranked guys. And then for 2024, it's even more off the chain. Lonnie Teasley right now is the number four recruiter in the country right. for a 24 seven sports algorithm. Uh, and that means that, that, that usually you look at those lists and it's like Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Southern Cal, you know, that kind of thing. But Lonnie Teasley's killing it. And so, and you got those two franchise tackles from within the state, plus Blake Franks, plus big Mike Williams. I mean, so, so that my point of all that is those guys you ask about JB, it's, it's easy to kind of overlook them because, you know, most offensive linemen, as they did, red shirt. And then, you know, you go from there and you get excited about the next group. Um, but with the offensive line, there is sort of a delay. Uh, so they're doing fine. Uh, the, the problem with those guys, are not, it's not a problem. Well, uh, but those three, two of them are definitely interior. So Brubaker and Maines are definitely inside guys. And then you have Kaysen, the tackle, who is definitely a tackle. But like I said, he, you know, we don't know about his health right now. Um, you know, I, I think one of the best things that could happen along with getting this kid from Charlotte would be if Case and Henry comes back to, to fall practice at hundred percent and gets in there and competes because everything I've heard, and I know you've heard too, JB about that kid is he's, he's potentially special. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of a fingers crossed thing at last check. There was some concern. So I'll probably have to check again over the summer and just kind of see uh, where things stand. It is 11.20 on a Thursday morning, May the 5th, as we just seemingly continue to push right along into the summer. Before you know it, Memorial Day and then 4th of July and then vacation and then, bam, football. So I got to uh, get the there. turtle pond outside going, man. That's my jo- that's my honey-do list for today. Get the turtle pond mm-hmm. rolling. Yeah, exactly. It's time for yeah. Lizzie to go back outside. It's finally warming up. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're out from it's under a, the freeze what, scare. What, what is the weather up there right now? Oh, God, it was beautiful. Yeah, well, We talked on the phone. It was a beautiful day to have a flat tire because I just sat out there waiting on everybody. And uh, I was like, man, it's going to be – this will be a mental health day, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just sat outside, caught up on some phone calls I'd, I'd been meaning to, to get up with some people for. And, uh, oh, just a wonderful day. About 75, nice, cool breeze, sunny. I got a little sunburn. You know, it was, it was nice. And we grilled out some brats and burgers last night, uh, along with everybody's favorite side, potato salad. Mm-hmm. So I was rocking and rolling. So the, wet, the weather up here has finally turned. And once it does – then it gets humid and hot June and July, and uh, by the end of August, then you actually do have a fall here. So uh, I'm in clear weather now till oh, I don't know, October, November. Yeah. <laughs> so happy boy. There you go. It'll be uh, soon time to bring out your beers and barbecue cutoff sleeve T-shirt that you got from Walmart while you were down in the low country. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, credit to Chris for breaking that baseball news yesterday from Spurs mm-hmm. Up Show. He popped in the chat box to play. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I should have. I should have mentioned that he did have the Will Sanders stuff before anybody else because that was actually something behind the scenes I was tracking yesterday uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Whittle and, and JB. So hats off to do for doing that. Um, I know who his source is, and let me just say it's impeccable. So hats off to Chris for breaking that news. Is what time is he? By the way, eleven thirty or eleven forty? Yeah, eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we better. Okay. So yeah. y'all want to y'all want to hit two before? 
You want to hit yeah. two before? Or? Yeah, let's hit yeah, two before he gets that. back yeah. in, and we'll right. rock and yeah. roll. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll hit our first time out. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. What I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843 843- Six nine nine one zero zero one. This is one zero zero two. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. 
in-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team. They'll be happy to talk to you about how you can turn your backyard into an outdoor retreat. And, of course, the first hour of the show brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate, 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy for all of your upstate residential real estate needs. Uh, by the way, the softball team will um, will play at 5 o'clock today, I think it is. It's 5 o'clock. Yeah, 5 o'clock. Uh, 4 o'clock Central. Okay. Five o'clock tonight in second season. So we got an imposter, I guess, in the chat chat box, right? Uh, it wasn't Chris that got in there uh, with the mm-hmm. with the humble humble brag on that. Uh, uh, I guess the, his his account has spaces between the words, so who knows? I put him in time now. <laughs> yeah, that would. I don't think Chris would appreciate that. And that was, you know, I mean, I, I he did break the news, and I was gonna, get, I was giving him credit, but it's just kind of he's never been in the chat box. You know, so uh, if you're an imposter, if you're trying to impersonate people and get in our chat box, you're a loser. Sorry. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. No. And um, we're also not going to support hearsay or anything like that. So we're not going to post anything that is speculative or hearsay. So not our business, yeah, yeah. not our problem. Yeah. Proof is what you're going to need and everybody's due their due process. So. Exactly. Not going to try anybody in the court of public opinion here. Speaking of due process, before we get uh, Chris in, is he in yet? Before we before we get him in, uh, I missed. It was a couple of days ago, and um, and if anybody has an account with the Post and Courier, I would I would encourage you to read this because so Gene Sapikoff wrote an article about. Uh, publicizing in college athletics the injury report Be- on, on the heels of what has just happened with the betting stuff in, in college baseball, but yeah. also with the fact that the, that betting across the country is becoming legal, you know, more often than not, and, and eventually it's more than likely going to be 
in all states. And what you're going to have, for instance, is if you go read this article, some of the examples he uses are actually they're not. It's not like they're far fetched. They're actually very reasonable. Uh, J.C. Sherbert is a 25 year old college kid who is out at a bar on Thursday night and happens to be friends with the starting quarterback who tells him, I'm not, I'm not playing or happens to be friends with the starting quarterback at the university of Iowa because they grew up together. Oh yeah. My buddy, he's out this weekend. Nobody knows it. And they go in and lay all these bets. That's, you know, that's, that's insider information and that's that's what they've been trying to guard against for a long time. But with betting becoming legalized, they've got to probably start to look at some of this stuff. And uh, he didn't go as far as to say as, well, you need to absolutely disclose some of these injuries because I know that there's HIPAA with college and this, that, and the other. But it, it, it it's, it's a worthy conversation of should colleges supply injury reports just like the NFL does. That That's why the NFL does it. You know, yeah, because of gambling exactly. and, and stuff. And, uh, and and trust me, look, guys, the folks in Vegas that are running the show, they know who's out. I mean, they, I'll give you an example. Look at the Kentucky line last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were they, 11 and a half, 13-point favorites opening yeah. against yeah, Carolina? And that, three. that, that yeah. sucker was down to three and a half by the end. And everybody knew, even though Stoop said it's a game-time decision, everybody knew Will Levis was going to be out. So, um I don't understand why Carolina wasn't the favorite after that, but if we're watching it, but uh, anyway, I digress. And that's, uh, that's something that's probably going to have to come because it, like I said, it, and, and the, the gambling folks, they'll just take the game off the board like they did with Alabama baseball. Right. We had a big yeah. talk about this on, on uh, tied 100.9 with Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson earlier today. Uh, and I don't know really what the answer is because if you start being a hard ass and all of a sudden, anybody that gambles on anything is banned or whatever. Well, that's a slippery slope because it's legal in a lot of states, uh, number one. Number two, somebody's got – I mean, what if you play like FanDuel? Uh, that's right. basically fantasy football, okay? Yep. Uh, you're going you're to pop a kid for, for playing fantasy football or filling out a bracket? I mean, come on. I, you know, so I don't know what's uh, what's happening there. So, anyway, uh, yeah. I digress. No, it's, it's a great conversation to have. I know Chris is coming in. Real quick, Day, his question here, is there anything legal? Is there any legal thing against betting with inside information? Well, it really, it, it, I'm talking about the athletes and the coaches that are involved in the game. I'm not talking about the people. Yeah. So, like, if it got back, like, they can't – just what happened in Alabama. He gave that information to somebody who went through a bunch of money on it in Iowa. Why is somebody throwing a – huge bet on Alabama baseball in Iowa that doesn't make any sense, right? So that that's where right now they can't cross the line um, for a multitude of reasons, which would take the rest of the show probably to have that conversation. But I would just just read the column. It's a really good column um, written by Gene Sapikoff in the Post and Courier, and it just opens up your mind a little bit as to what might be coming in the future because there are some things they're going to have to certainly, uh, certainly jump over some hurdles with. Absolutely. All right. Yep. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Chris Phillips joining us now from the uh, Spurs Up show. Just a couple or one day. One day. It is Thursday. Thank God. Uh, one day before <laughs> South Carolina throws the first pitch tomorrow night in Fayetteville, Arkansas at Bomb Stadium. Uh, Eli Jones will get the ball tomorrow night. And uh, the Gamecocks are going to try to get off the schneid, if you will, because it has been mm-hmm. 
quite the schneid over the last couple of weeks, two and six. In their last eight games, Chris, with a couple of series losses, and, um, you know, it's 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 easy to freak out. I understand it, especially when you know what's coming. It's not like you got Ole Miss and Mississippi State on deck and at home. You got to go to Arkansas, who's got the best record in college baseball at home, or the second best. And then you got to come home against Tennessee, who seemingly is starting to figure it out. So worrisome it is in the fan base, and uh, Carolina needs someone to step up and stop the bleeding this weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, JC, JB, Phil, appreciate you guys having me on. I apologize. I was a little bit uh, in the clouds there. I was trying to put out the fires. Of course, we got people impersonating us on YouTube, so making sure people don't think that I'm uh, <laughs> clowning the chat of the show that I'm a guest of. That would be kind of a I weird thing. Like, I, uh, I, like, I put that wow. account wanna, in timeout. Just yeah. To, uh, well, yeah. I want to clarify. <laughs> yeah. I want to clarify. The Spurs Up show on YouTube has spaces between the words. That one has no spaces. I know it's a look alike, but it's not it. Unfortunately, I don't do check marks on YouTube. Either way, anyways, to what's important, yeah, this series, man, you look at Arkansas, I mean, just a typical Dave Van Horn club. They're complete across the board. Uh, I thought it was interesting. A lot of consistency on the mound. They got a 4.98 ERA overall and a 4.98 ERA in SEC play. So they've been pretty good um, on the bump for sure. I know last weekend, though, Saturday, Sunday, I'm sure you saw this, JB. They were TBA, TBA, games two and three. So I wonder, uh, will they roll into this weekend with a similar setup? It obviously hasn't hurt them too much at this point. But, you know, they're a team, you know, we talk about how so much can change, how the narrative can change over one weekend or two weekends. You look over the last couple of weekends, right, the Gamecocks are heading one direction. They've lost their last two series. Arkansas, after getting swept by Georgia, back-to-back sweeps over Texas A&M and Mississippi State, right, all of a sudden it's changing the narrative for them, and they've put themselves right in prime position to be a top-eight national seed. Uh, you look at them offensively, they're solid. I wouldn't say they're great, but they're solid. But, again, guys, all around, it's just a great Arkansas club. And they'll be tough, man, at Baum Walker. I know, JB, I'm sure you've probably been there. I've never been there, but I've talked to a lot of former players that have played there. And I mean, they talk about it's probably the most intimidating atmosphere they've ever been a part of. We all know that the Hogs can uh, – that, that fan base is some of the most passionate, especially around college baseball in the SEC. So, it'll be a challenge for sure. You know, I, I've got Arkansas taking the series, but, guys, I, I think we're going to see – even with the injuries on the mound, even with the injuries in the lineup, I think we're going to see this team bounce back and fight and be resilient and give Arkansas all they want to handle. But I do think the Hogs at home, I mean, it's hard not to take them, right, based off what we've seen. But the game of baseball, guys, it's just got a way of of surprising you. And I don't think this team is dead yet. I'll just say that. All right, so let me let me help you with an answer. This is something I thought I knew a lot, and this is a little nugget I've, I've never picked up on. Um, and I've learned this this morning from what I would call uh, – somebody who would have to know because he covers them. Um, Arkansas generally does not release their weekend rotation. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll release maybe their Friday guy, mm-hmm. sometimes maybe a Friday, Saturday, but I don't want to say never because that, you know, you, those are big, bold words in this business, but let's just call it extremely rare that they'll release a weekend uh, pitching rotation, even if they know what the rotation is. And uh, what I also learned with that, Chris, we, we were talking about this at the top of the show, is uh, because of that, it is very common for opponents to say, mm-hmm. well, you know what, I don't know that we're going to do that either. So um, while you know, I've, I've got, uh, and I'm not going to say anything about it, I hate to do that to people, it's really unprofessional, but well, I've got a pretty good intuition of what, what is happening this weekend as it stands today in the starting rotation. You might not actually see all of that information released by Mark Kingston tonight 
um, just to kind of play a little gamesmanship with the Razorbacks. And in addition to that, let's be honest, right, with uh, Will Sanders being out this weekend, um, you're, you're talking about probably needing – got to stop the bleeding. Mm. And, and so if it requires you to go and get the guy that you were planning to start Saturday or Sunday or both – to sew it up on Friday night and get a win and not get swept on the road again, you probably have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just give, give you a uh, – you're right. It, it, I, I didn't know that, but I figured I'd give you a little little blip there and, and you can take that and run with it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, extreme gamesmanship for sure. <clears throat> you know, if you feel like it gives you an advantage, then so be it. But, you know, JB, you just mentioned a good point that I, I think because of the situation we're in um, – we all want to see the Gamecocks bounce back and, and take two of three, win a series, right? There aren't going to be a lot of people, if any, happy at all, or a lot of happy people, if any at all, that, you know, are going to be okay with losing this series. But, I mean, normally you'd look at it and say, again, top 10 team on the road, just don't get swept. And, and it's okay. Like, you're keeping your head above water and you'll take advantage. I mean, the goal is to go four and two, I think, guys, over the last six SEC games. You go four and two of the last six SEC games, yeah. that's a success. You go three and three, we'll still take it. Right, we'll still take it. But if you can go four and two, obviously it's a huge success. And I, I still believe it's doable. I refuse to think this team is has just folded up shop and has quit and they're crumbling down the stretch. This team was thirty six and four at one point for a reason. This is still a good ball club. They've hit a lull, they've hit a slump. And I'm not sitting here trying to be overly optimistic, garnet glasses, but it's just the game of baseball, man. Again, I, I expect this team to play with great effort and great resiliency this weekend. And, you know, whoever they trot out there all three games, you know, it's funny, Will Sanders for me was my key player of the weekend because I just felt like you absolutely needed to get off to a good start this weekend. Doesn't even matter who it is. Whoever's starting tomorrow night, you need a quality start, man. I mean, it just goes without saying. Like, you're setting the tone for the entire weekend. Obviously, you're setting the tone for that ball game. But this ball club just needs something to feel good about. Right now, guys, it's just going against them. I mean, that's it. You played ball. You've been a part of this game, been around it. You know, sometimes – it's just going against you, man. When it's working out and you're winning and things are going well, it seems like nothing can go wrong. I mean, even in the Tuesday night midweek game against North Florida, you know, seventh and eighth inning, you load the bases. Gavin Costas hits the ball as hard as you can. It goes right at a guy. And then Tom Lee Croy, you think he's got a home run, going to break it open. It gets caught at the track. And, like, when you're losing games and you're cold, that's, ty- that's the type of stuff that's happening. You know what I mean? So I-, I feel like there's a lot of Gamecock Nation right now. And it's funny because I was one of those that was – I felt like it was time for a change last year. I'm not even at the point, though, where I like – I feel like people right now, they're so ready to put that final nail in the coffin of this ball club, and it's like, we're not dead yet. Like, let us die first, you know what I mean? Like, but we're not there. We're not there. And the same way over the last two weekends, how the narrative changed the negative, guys, the final two weekends, it can change for the positive. I, again, I'm not trying to be sunshine and rainbows here. I know this team has some issues, has some problems, but you never know. You get a couple guys back in the lineup even with a makeshift pitching staff, and maybe maybe shuffling things up in the starting rotation, it sounds like what they're doing can give this team a jolt of energy, and you get a couple guys back in your lineup. All of a sudden, you throw up a 10 spot on a TBA or whoever the hell's pitching for Arkansas, and you, you, you go out there and you steal two out of three. I know it sounds crazy right now, but, guys, it's baseball. Much, much crazier has happened. I mean, this Arkansas team got swept by Georgia. I know that was in Athens, but, like, they're not immortal. They're not unbeatable. So, I, again, I think Arkansas is going to take two out of three just based off, you know, that's going on my, on my prediction. But I do think this team will play much better 
And uh, we got a lot of baseball left, man. So I'll just say that. Just, just don't, don't pronounce the boys dead yet. Let them die first. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Say, yeah. Even before regionals start, you still got what four weeks, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, Carol- I mean Carolina, Carolina together, unless yeah. they <laughs> unless they lose out, Carolina's literally still going to host a regional. Yeah. There's going to be postseason baseball in Columbia. Like everybody, just take a yeah. deep breath, settle down. <laughs> I'm not saying don't be frustrated. But don't, thank goodness our team doesn't have the same mindset as some of the people out there on social media that are just ready to wave the white towel. Like, eight games. We're talking about eight games. They've lost six of the last eight, but it's only eight games. Like, that's not that many games. Like, we got seven more regular season. We got Hoover. Let's take a deep breath, collect ourselves, and, you know, hopefully give them hell this weekend. But we need to play better. There's no question. This team has to play better. We have to play better. Absolutely. Eli Jones. <laughs> Here he goes. I would call him the probable Friday starter. So first two starts in SEC play. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I I didn't. All right. First two starts in SEC play. If it makes you feel any better, Whittle Whittle said it already. So yeah, I know. I I just, I was just, yeah. We're gonna try to play by the rules here. You know, know. if Arkansas's (laughs) not gonna release their pitching, you know, we're not. Tried to play with the rules. I don't think that Dave Van Horn's watching our program this morning. I know. To so anyway, so it's Eli Jones tomorrow night. So check this out. That's his first life. first two starts <laughs> for Eli Jones in the SEC at Mississippi State and at Arkansas. Two of yeah. the toughest places yeah. in college mm-hmm. baseball to play. He threw great and scoreful. Yeah. Really really I, I like I like Jones in that spot. I like Jones in that yeah. spot a lot. I thought he showed it. And I know Mississippi State's not on the level normally, but I thought in that start, most importantly, he just showed moxie. Yeah. He showed poise. It well, didn't look like it was his first start. So I, I'm comfortable. Well, one, one thing about Mississippi State, they can still hit the ball. I mean, it's their mm-hmm. pitching that's been a disaster this season. So – you know, a good job going out there on a Friday night when when their season when they, they it was like a, it was like a Kentucky kind of situation where they were sort of desperate, you know, because they were zero and nine or whatever. Uh, so I thought that was good. So now he's got to go to Bomb Stadium and shut down the Hogs. Uh, so I just I thought that was kind of interesting there. Um, you know, I, I think James Hicks probably gets the call Saturday, and then Becker on Sunday would be my guess uh, in this situation. But. Uh, you know, I, 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 and I think this was probably in motion before any sort yes. of injury happened with, uh, with them. Uh, I'll remind everybody too. I'll, I'll take you back to football season. Uh, going in that Tennessee game, right? Last two weeks of the season, <laughs> everybody was like six and six. Dude, I mean, we, us included. I mean, look at that. Look, go look at our predictions. I picked fifty nine to thirteen Tennessee. I, I picked yeah. fifty two to seventeen. I think. I think. <laughs> Phil was right oh, there. Yeah, J- JB wasn't close. Yeah. <laughs> we all had big no, spreads. So. Y'all are all lying because I had a, I had Carolina winning fifty nine to three in that game going into that game. He did say that. <laughs> you remember, you're like, ah, oh, they're gonna win. But but look, oh, I, I mean, it's seventy uh, to nothing. I think was my actual prediction. When you got it, yeah, with potentially you do it. All right, and so that's number one. Number two, they're getting Cole Messina back behind the plate. Guys. That's that's the key. That's and I, I, you know, hugely important. You guys, yeah, yeah Chris, JB, Phil, y'all are, y'all are probably better at baseball analysis than me, but yeah. that that's probably an understated thing because Cole does such a good job of taking care of the pitchers. No and, and you guys know, you know the least little thing can throw a pitcher off. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've been comparing them to racehorses this week. You know, it's just very sensitive. You know, you know the arm thing. You know, you, you see somebody's got like Eli Jerzenbeck. Did anybody look and go, oh, he got hurt after he threw that one? No. Hmm. But it's, it, it's, my point is it's a pitching's very sensitive to, to a lot of different uh, aspects, right? 
Uh, and, and the least little thing to throw you off. So I think getting Cole back behind the plate where he's been really good at managing those guys this year is probably a, an understated thing going into this weekend. Well, there's just such a fine line, right, between in this league especially a pitch that, that gets driven out of the ballpark and a, and a rollover ground out. And so, yeah, I mean, you change up anything, it's it's such a mental grind and a mental challenge. You know, I can see what you're saying, and I, certainly there's a change when you go from Messina to French back there, but I would also say – you know, excuse my French, get your head out of your ass and just throw the baseball. He's throwing the spot up there. Just hit it. You know what I mean? So I know it's a different, I know it's a change. We all want to see Cole get back, back there. But, uh, you know, I think French has done a fine job. I I just think we haven't been making pitches. We just haven't been making pitches. So I I don't think this, this group, I don't think this group would say, well, we just need our starting catcher back. Like they, they've got to throw better. I don't care who's back there catching. You know what I mean? So, um, but you do make a good point. Pitchers are very, you know, creatures of habit and routines if you will and when you change that up in any way um there can be sort of a you know these aren't professionals right they're college players they're college players so that type of stuff does play an even bigger role but um yeah hopefully just get to see most of the guys back healthy this weekend and you know we'll see i, I think the big one guys is braylon wimmer i, I think people are not making a big enough deal of, of, of absolutely the, he's such a glue guy a veteran a leader not having him out there i think kind of throws this entire lineup in, in a in a tizzy, if you will. So I, I think getting Braylon Wimmer back is huge. Yeah, either the Braswell's done well in short. I mean, not, it hadn't been great. It hadn't been anything egregious. It's played but, great in there. Yeah. But look, man, Braylon Wimmer's elite defensively, and you know he's so consistent at the plate too. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of games this year you, you watch it, and you know maybe it's game packs can't hit, and then all of a sudden here comes Wimmer, boom, you know, and he gets it going. Uh, I think in that lineup, he's kind of the straw that, that, that stirs the drink a little bit. Uh, you know, Dylan Brewer's been that guy at times, but uh, I, I do think that uh, getting him back, getting McGillis back is huge. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I kind of look at Caleb Denny and, uh, you know, the Halbert series was good. And now, now it's, it's back to the struggle for him. But, you know, I, you're right. The more the guy, more guys that get back, the better. I, I think because Braylon Wimmer's been here for 145 years, like since the Tanner era. Sometimes people like overlook him, you know, but he's a really, really good player. I was talking to somebody the other day. Do you guys know he has another year of eligibility? Braylon Wimmer could be on the 2024 game. But he won't be. (laughs) They probably not, you know, but it's it's like, it's like, you know, uh, he gets the gold watch for service. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I I agree with you there, Chris, that that's a point. I don't think enough people are are making is that, you know, because when he went down, it was almost like what else could happen? You know, I mean, come on. And, uh, but he's, you know, my understanding is he's getting back and getting ready to roll and, um, mm. we'll see. Well, yeah, you just feel the ripple effect, right? It's like one guy goes down and another, then another. And I mean, I, you know, listen, I, we, we all love all these guys on the roster, but there's a reason you have starters and you have backups and, you know, backup can come in, pinch it, do whatever and have success. But over the course of a season, over the course of multiple games, like you're going to probably see over the course of time, why certain guys won starting jobs and why others play different roles in your ball club. And I'll just leave it at that. So I'm not trying to talk down on anybody, but I mean, no, there's nobody out here. Right. Yeah. There's nobody out here that, I mean, you know, if we'd have went this entire season without our starting third baseman, shortstop and second baseman, you know, this year would probably look a lot different. You know what I mean? There's a reason you need those guys so badly. And we're talking about, I mean, heck the fact this team has done what they've done, Without Will Sanders, I feel like hardly ever being at his best, and without Will McGillis for practically the entire SEC season, I mean it's impressive work and, at this point. So and Noah um, Hall's gone too. I mean, and Noah, Noah Hall, Hall being gone, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, that's another big it's, it's good. Those of you that are kind of looking toward next year too, uh, talking to somebody earlier today, uh, Eli Jones probably will end up being one of maybe 
the, the Friday night starter next season. He's he's going to be a big key uh, to the 2024 Gamecocks uh, as things stand out. Him and our, our friend Roman Kimball, uh, who will be back, uh, the transfer from Notre Dame, uh, if you want. Someone oh, told it, me earlier guys, today that, 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 that those two guys are guys to keep an eye on for next year as far as pitching is. There's a guy starting this weekend who probably wants his name in that hat too. His name's, well, planning to start this weekend. His name's Matt, Matthew Becker. I, yeah. I think, you know, to kind of add to that, and Chris, I know we got to let you go, man, because you got a show to get to, but, you know, it's, um, you know, if you've, if you've ever played the game of baseball at a decently high level, and we're not talking about the big leagues here, you know, you're, you're talking about a, a group that has mojo and when that mojo gets moved around, it takes some adjusting and, you know, you're talking, you mentioned Wimmer and I wholeheartedly agree, uh, kind of a heart and soul guy leader by doing everything the right way, you know, getting after it, grinding every day. Same thing with Messina, but Messina is your juice behind the plate. He's also your emotional guy back there. And when things are just a little off, it, it can throw things a little bit off. And, you know, so you're hoping, you're hoping, I, don't know no guarantees but you're hoping as a lot of that comes back together this weekend it kind of calms the storm a little bit and um and let's be honest too i mean while french has had some good moments like there's some pitches like you 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 gotta block it you have to that's your job i don't care how far you have got to get in front of it and when it gets by them and and you got guys going around the base of chris you were a pitcher right i mean you throw a ball in the dirt, it's the guy behind the plate. It's his job to save your rear end. You're going to throw a bad one here and there. And and when they do, it gives you a boost and gives you some confidence. You can throw it again if you have to to get a guy out. If they don't, you start to think, well, can I spike the next one or not? So that throws some things off, but we'll see what they, we'll see what they roll out with tomorrow. Yeah, and I was going to say, JB, that definitely plays a lot of mind games with pitchers, right? When he, you know, one gets away, and like you mentioned, like it gets to o two, one two, you're like, can I really bury this one? Can I throw this one with the conviction I normally would? You know, you miss up a little bit, and there you go. Just changes the at bat, changes the ball game, and changes the result of a ball game um, because of that. So, you know, I, I loved. I know that Tuesday it didn't work out the way we would have liked, but I, I did love the comments from Cole Messina after the weekend at Kentucky, just saying, "Hey, we're going to be all right." I keep telling guys we're going to be all right. Like you mentioned, JB, I think we'd all agree. I look at him, he's the heart and soul of this ball club. And, I mean, listen, when you go through a rut like this, it's going to test your leadership. It's going to test your guys in the clubhouse. I mean, those guys have just got to – you know, I know obviously us talking heads, everybody on the outside, we can chatter and make predictions. But those guys have just got to band together, stick together, and, you know, just go play ball, man. Just go play ball and be resilient. I mean, this is a game that you start questioning yourself and getting down on yourself. And I talked about this after the game Tuesday. But, you know, when you're, when you're having success, it's like – you have success, and then it breeds more confidence, and it breeds more success, which breeds more confidence. Well, we're on the flip side of that right now. You have failure, which breeds frustration, and you get more frustrated. You get more failure, and et cetera, et cetera. So you got to find a way to break that mold. And that's why, you know, I said whoever starts tomorrow night, that'd be a great way to do it, man. Somebody go out and shove. You know, somebody go out and go four for four with two homers. Like, they need that type of performance. They need that type of guy to step up. Who's it going to be? I don't know, but – you need something that's going to break the mold, makes you feel like, okay, things are going good again. Like Uncle Moe's back in the dugout. It doesn't feel like every single thing that can go wrong is going to go wrong. And then maybe you put the pressure on Arkansas, right? Because they're fighting for a top eight national seed. They're, they're at home. All of the pressure, it almost seems, is on them. I mean, certainly there's a lot on South Carolina, but is anybody picking the Gamecocks going two or three? So, you know, go out there, have fun. Somebody step up and ball out, and, you know, we'll just kind of see where we fall or see where we sit when the, uh, when the dust settles, if you will. Hey, man, have a good show today. Uh, hopefully, um, 
next week it's a little bit easier to get through. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Because we, we know how that feels around here. That's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, JB, Phil, I appreciate you guys. JC, looking forward to chatting with you at 115, my friend. Y'all take care. Thank you. Yeah, man. You too, Thanks, man. Chris. Thank you. There you go, Chris. Uh, real quick in the Nana Sports chat box, Andrew, is McGillis back this weekend? Yes. Uh, he did yep. pinch run against North Florida the other night. Uh, how extensive will his role be? Will he be in the lineup? I don't, I don't know. Um, but, um, but he, he can play and, uh, we'll see when and where he plays. Uh, Jamie says, I like Mahoney coming out of the pen. This could be a great move. I don't, I don't know that you're wrong on that. Um, you know, Jack is, um, he's, he's been pretty good out of the bullpen before. And he's a guy who, you know, generally getting through the lineup twice has been tough for him. Um, he's done it, but. You know he's a he's more of a once through the lineup type guy at least right now, and I don't mean that disrespectfully in any way, shape, or form. Um, so he could maybe kind of be flip flopping roles with an Eli or a James Hicks or something like that. So it's a good. That's yeah, a good he's point. got two pitches, and uh, from what Whittle, I think Whittle told me this. He's got two pitches. He needs a third. Somebody Jan Jan may have told that to me. I don't know. Somebody was talking baseball with, and I'm repeating. I am the biggest parrot in the world when it comes to baseball guys. Because I don't, yeah, okay, you know. So I'm going to parrot a lot of stuff, but that's okay because you, you guys love me. But uh, <laughs> that's what I saw: two pitches. And so you know, when you get to that third time through the lineup, most hitters adjust and lock in, and that's probably why. In, in a lot of even his good starts this year, they only got four or five innings out of him. And what Whittle said made made sense because when he's the Sunday starter, if you get good starts from Sanders and Hall. You know, and and they're eating up innings, and you got your bullpen set for Sunday. You can take Mahoney out after four innings, right? So uh, that that's yeah. kind of the well, thing there exactly. And and look, it's it's um it's step up to the plate time for some guys. To hey, look, you want to be the dude? Here's your opportunity because going into this weekend, you're missing. Coming into the season, you're. Comparing that to now, you're missing 15 innings this weekend. And somebody's probably going, what are you talking about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Noah Hall was a seven-inning-a-game guy. He's going to get you seven. Will Sanders was traditionally a six-inning-a-game guy. Sometimes he might get you more, but you could always count on about six. So you're you're going to average that out to 13. Now Jerzenbeck's down, and he was a one- or two-inning-a-weekend guy too. So you're talking about 15 innings. You do the math, that's just shy of two games where three guys coming into the year, you felt really good about Noah Hall. You felt really good about Will Sanders. And, you and shoot, we all, I think, felt pretty good about Eli Jerzenbeck and what he potentially could be bringing as a true freshman. So you, those that's gone. It's out. So, you, so the guys who were next in line, which is who we're going to see this weekend, who've all collaboratively, you know, put together this resume, now it's your, it's your turn. And, and we'll see what they can get out of it. It's a, it's a tough – it's a tough turn to take because you got to go to Arkansas. And, you know, you don't get to do it in front of eight thousand of your of your friends. You got to do it in front of uh, twelve thousand of theirs who are calling hogs and drinking beer and all kinds of crazy stuff. But you know, uh, we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, it's all exams. Fault. That's when this whole slide started. Was exam week. No, it's yeah. my fault. <laughs> well, if, yeah, you're right. So if it just wasn't for school. If it weren't no, for step, damn school, I, I step foot. In the, <laughs> I'm taking the blame. I'm taking, I step foot in the state of South Carolina. 
I don't know. That I, I, do I that. actually went to Founders Park and met Whittle for some supplies for the the events. Met Whittle, ran into Will Sanders, shook his hand, met him. Everything was hunky dory. Boom, Auburn takes two or three. Boom, swept to Kentucky. Boom, lost to North Florida. Boom, more injuries. Uh, I'm going to light candles and sacrifice a live chicken tonight and uh, and pray to about three different gods. Uh, I'm hitting all the world religions, uh, Buddhism to all the way down to, to Confucius. Uh, and uh, I'm going to do a little rain dance and uh, drink Jabu's rum. I tell you, very bad. Phil, drink your bottle. There's some, bad. there's some swords you fall on and some you don't. That that JB Dude, or JC, you're so uh, you, you're falling on a sword. I would, I, I go back to my man Mike Cisco. What he used to say when he'd get accused of something: deny, deny, deny. deny. <laughs> that was not me. I, I just, uh, what like, me, man? <laughs> hey, that works unless your camera rolls synced up on uh, another device there. <laughs> <laughs> JC, I would deny, deny, deny that uh, that would be that would be where I stand on that. All right, That's our all right. I'm just, yeah, I mean, you know, we just put them in the problem. I'm not falling on the sword for anybody because I haven't thrown one freaking pitch. I haven't swung one yeah, bat. Right. I haven't had one ground ball hit to me. Done nothing. So I'm not doing that. JC, you, uh, you're the man. You keep up the good work, bud. You fall on the sword for everybody. We'll, we'll, uh, we will not do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got to go. When we return round three of our Born to Crow series, Mark Burson, former head men's soccer coach at South Carolina, will be inducted alongside Robert Brooks, Don Ellerby, Joe Hamilton, and more coming up on Monday night with the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame. He has been kind enough to join us and talk about his career. I think you will you don't have to love soccer to love stories, and he's got plenty of them. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. We'll be right back. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter, at Mayor Taylor, and find her online at mckellarenterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. (laughs) 
You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who's born to crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the peck in order, couldn't fight like he used to do. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We had a little bit of uh, issue getting in touch with Mr. Burson. He Hopefully, he be will be joining second. us. Yeah, just a second. I just uh, forwarded him an additional one, so. Did you really? Okay, yeah, because I... I yeah, caught what happened there. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm it, like, wait a minute. Yeah, because he didn't show up, and I'm like, normally people are here by now. Yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> let me know when he uh, when he pops in, and and we'll make sure that um, that we get him in. Mark Burson retired in 2020 mm-hmm. as the winningest active coach in the country with a record of 511, 261, and 76. Remember, they tie a lot. In uh, soccer, uh, he came to Columbia uh, to start the varsity program. Can you believe that? In 1978, and promptly went 13-3 and one in his inaugural season with the Gamecocks. In 43 years, he guided Carolina to 22 NCAA tournaments, which was second amongst NCAA Division One coaches. 34 of those 43 years, they had winning records. And they went to an NCAA championship game, a couple of college cups, four national quarterfinals, and 11 rounds of Sweet 16 appearances. In his second season, by the way, at Carolina, he went 14-5-0 and and reached the school's first NCAA tournament appearance. Did you know, by the way, he also began his coaching career at the Citadel? Uh, so... Um, Mark Burson, a guy with a lengthy, lengthy uh, resume and 